Again and welcome back. You're listening to IASA's Additional Coverage Podcast, episode number 23. I'm your host, Tim Hicks, and joining me once again for today's additional coverage is Kim Kushmerick. Hi, thanks for having me. Kim is the Director of Accounting Standards at the AICPA. Today, we're going to talk about some implementation guidance on the FASB's ASU 2018-12. But first, I would like to recognize the support that we receive from IASA's member companies and volunteers. IASA is the voice of the insurance industry. If your company is not already a member, I encourage you to consider all the benefits that come with membership in IASA and getting involved as a volunteer. Find out more at IASA.org. Well, Kim, thanks for coming back on the on the podcast with me. I, I'd like to open up with a discussion about ASU 2018-12 in general. What information are we trying to capture with this new pronouncement? Well, new pronouncement, it's been around a little bit, but uh, well, what are we trying to capture? Sure. Well, this obviously, this pronouncement came out in 2018. And those in the insurance industry, I'm sure, who are aware of it, have been following it probably for the last decade. Given the evolution of this ASU, how did we get from point A to point B, Kim? Well, I don't remember the exact dates, to be honest. I would have had to look up my presentations from a long time ago. But at one point, the FASB and the ISB had a joint project to look about how what was the best way to do accounting for long duration contracts. Several years ago, the FASB and the ISB decided to go on different paths for how to do this, with the FASB deciding that to kind of get the most bang for the buck, making targeted improvements just to certain aspects of the accounting model would be best and provide the most benefit to the users of insurers' financial statements. So after FASB and ISB went their own directions, what were some of the key items that the FASB was trying to touch upon? Sure. Well, one of the main things is for traditional and limited pay contracts, which are your, you know, people usually think of, think of those as long duration contracts, was really to update the assumptions used in determining those liabilities, as well as updating of discount rates that are used for doing the measuring of the cash flows. Another item would be introducing the concept of a market risk benefit, which is a benefit associated with contracts with account values that is shown at fair value. Another thing that people are really familiar with has to do with simplifying the amortization of deferred acquisition costs. In current GAAP, pre pre this ASU, there were several different amortization methods that were used for different types of contracts, whereas the uh, the new model under the ASU is trying to simplify it and having things be amortized on a constant level basis over the expected term of the contract, which sounds simple, but when you really are trying to figure it out, it still is a little bit complicated. And with any ASU, there are increased disclosures. Oh, yeah. And the thought was to provide some additional disaggregated, some roll forwards and other disclosures to kind of add a little bit more transparency to the users of the financial statements. Got it. Yeah, I I know that when we implemented ASU 2016-13, that was quite a bit of work and quite a bit of disclosure. So 
basically we've got to complicate things in order to make things more simple or more uniform, right? Exactly. And, you know, and it's, even though these are targeted improvements, they are targeted improvements to a lot of the main principles of the long duration insurance model. So it really is asking insurance companies to really re-examine their accounting policies in the major parts of, of what they do for accounting. You know, as far as let's say liability, determining your liability for future policy benefits for the traditional contracts, going back and, and trying to figure out, you know, really when you're updating assumptions, what does that do to your income statement? Because obviously before when things were locked in, it was a bit more stable, but now if we're going to have assumptions being updated every year, discount rates being updated, it is going to open up the liabilities to, to have uh, increased volatility. Well, so far, we've talked about this in general terms. Can you give me a few specifics of things that are changing? The approach that the FASB decided on was instead of overhauling the entire long duration contract model to look at improving certain points of the accounting for the model. One of the big things would be for long duration traditional contracts, kind of unlocking the assumptions. Now the new guidance is requiring that assumptions that are used to measure cash flows be updated, as well as updating of a prescribed discount rate to be used. These are both a big change from current GAAP. Another really new type of thing that the ASU put together was the establishment of a market risk benefit. This is a new concept that will be shown at fair value it has to do with certain certain market-based options and guarantees with certain types of deposit insurance contracts that people are familiar with today, but it's kind of putting them all on the same playing field with as far as disclosures and measurement. Got it. Well, so let's just say for the sake of argument, I'm just sitting here flat-footed and I've got to get my boots on the ground and moving. Where do I even start with this? Because it sounds like it, it's all, it's, a lot of ripping off the bandage to get to the, the wound to get it fixed. Where do I start? Right. Well, right. Well, obviously, the first place to start is to get, to get a copy of the ASU and, you know, try to understand the different aspects of the model, models that are being changed and what what types of products do your companies or do your clients offer and how will they be impacted? The AICPA insurance expert panel just completed quite a large project where our group, which is made up of members from industry and the firms, went through the ASU and tried to apply to different contracts that are long duration contracts and see what questions kind of fell out when they applied the model. We then put together, I think it came out to maybe 15 or 20 different implementation papers that provide, I'd like to say helpful information for people when they're trying to figure out what do I need to be thinking about when I'm working my way through the ASU to my contracts. That sounds amazing. You've got several documents that are available. How do they get to those documents? Yeah, those that document, uh, those papers are included in the AICPA Audit and Accounting Guide for Life and Health Insurance Entities. It is included in an appendix where you'll find all the papers listed together. And, and prior to this, 
We go through a full process of having exposure. So those who maybe have been following along might have seen the, the evolution of these papers as they were developed coming out of the AICPA Financial Reporting Executive Committee or FINREC. And then also for the 2023 edition of the Life and Health Guide, which we're working on now and will come out in the fall, we'll also have the implementation papers kind of mixed in throughout the guide. So when you'll see, obviously, what is the, I'm going to use the term old gap, the pre, you know, LDTI gap, then with below it, it'll have the new gap since there is quite a long difference in effective dates for public and private companies. Sure. So you can actually see the red lines. Yes. So you, you see what changed. So that's so helpful. Yes. I, I find that to be really helpful when I'm looking at these things. What what did it say? What were we doing versus what we need to be doing going forward? Right. That is great stuff, Kim. Uh, listen, that's about all the time that we're going to have for today's podcast. Uh, but Kim, if, if our listeners need to get in touch with you to talk about this or, or get more information, what's the best way they can reach out to you? Sure. If they send me an email at kim.kushmerick at aicpa-sema.com, I'd be happy to direct you to where you can find the Life and Health Guide or talk about any other questions you might have. SEMA being C-I-M-A, correct? Yes. Thanks. Okay, great. And if you have comments about the show or any show suggestions, I'm always happy to hear from you. You can email me at tim.hicks at fisglobal.com. In our next podcast, I'm so happy to be talking with the CEO of IASA, Gary Crockett. We're getting ready for IASA's Exchange Conference that will be in Minneapolis beginning June 4th, 2023. Until then, I'm Tim Hicks with today's guest, Kim Kushmerick. Thanks. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a huge favor and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss a new episode when it comes out. Let your coworkers know, let your friends know that need to know about the show so they can follow along as well. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.